BBC Listen. This is a story of the girl whose unlikely treatment helped peace with polio. Elizabeth Kenny, written by me, nine-year-old Josie Davies. Elizabeth rides her horse through the bush like she does every day. Everyone says she's a bit of a tomboy. She hates wearing dresses and is always coming home with mud stains on her clothes. She would much rather be out there exploring and learning new things than doing what people expected of girls. On this ride, she's feeling particularly adventurous. She speeds up faster, faster, until she goes flying from her horse. She grabs her arm. Her wrist is broken. And to make matters worse, she's more than 300 kilometers from medical help. In the early 1900s, in country New South Wales, where Elizabeth lives, getting to a doctor is very difficult and expensive. And her family isn't very rich. Her father is a farmer from Ireland, and while he's busy farming, her mum teaches Elizabeth in homeschool. This is at a time when not many girls got an education. Elizabeth has to travel to a hospital in Toowoomba. It's a long, painful trip by horse and sulky and train. She must stay in Toowoomba for many weeks recovering, and it gives her a lot of time to think. She looks at her bandaged wrist and wonders how it works and why it broke the way it did. She passes the time by reading her doctor's medical books, learning the names of every bone in the human body. Tibia, fibia, ulma. She keeps studying when she gets home, teaching herself as much as she can. She even makes her own skeleton. Eventually, she decides to use her knowledge to help others. I'll become a bush nurse, she says. And she does. She rides her horse to patients' houses and she doesn't charge extra for these home visits. As Elizabeth is working, she encounters many patients with polio. Polio is a devastating disease that disabled and killed many people throughout history, especially children. Today we are vaccinated against polio and it's completely gone in Australia, but in Elizabeth's time there was no way to prevent it and treatments didn't help much. There is still no cure. Polio causes terrible muscle pains and spasms and breathing problems. Doctors would treat these aches by putting patients' limbs in casts and not letting them move but this would often make it hurt even more. Elizabeth can't stand to see children suffering like this and doesn't want to keep doing what the doctors are doing. But no one was listening to her objections. Most of the doctors at the time were men and women could barely get an education, let alone be taken seriously by the medical world. She starts to think, how would I normally treat an aching leg on one of my visits? Oh, a hot cloth and lots of stretching. So she tries laying strips of hot, damp cloth on her patient's legs to see if it makes any improvement. One night, while she's closing the clinic, Elizabeth is interrupted by a little girl with polio. Can I please have those warm cloths on my legs? They make my legs feel better. It worked! This was the start of something new, the Kenny method. Elizabeth is so excited. She wants everyone to know about her method so she can help more people. But many doctors and nurses don't want to hear it. How could this 
girl think that she can treat polio with no training? She doesn't know what she's talking about. There's no evidence. But for Elizabeth, when her patients sign relief, that is enough for her. Why won't they just try it? She wonders. Perhaps it's just because she's a girl from the bush. Still, Elizabeth is undeterred. It's 1913, and Elizabeth decides she'll start her own hospital where she can do things her way. She names it St Canice's, and it sure is busy there. But just as her hospital is getting started, war breaks out. As returned wounded soldiers come to St Canice's to be treated, Elizabeth wonders if she could be doing more to help. Elizabeth makes the tough decision to sell a hospital and she joins the war effort as a nurse. Elizabeth is assigned to work on dark ships, which slowly move soldiers, nurses and war goods to other countries under the cover of darkness. She serves on many dangerous missions throughout the war, making 17 trips, including one around the world. During the final few months of World War I, she spends a few weeks working at a soldier's hospital near Brisbane before she's honourably discharged and given the title of sister. Even though she is fully worn out by all her wartime tasks and duties, she doesn't stop helping people or using her smarts to think of better ways of caring for them. Sister Elizabeth Kenny continues treating children with polio using the Kenny method. She even invents a special stretcher by putting wheels on an old door to help a local child who'd been injured in a farming accident. She names it the Sylvia Stretcher after that girl and it's a big hit selling all over the world. Today the Kenny method is widely recommended to treat people with polio. Whatever the challenge, Elizabeth thinks outside the box whether people like it or not. After all, her motto is, it's better to be a lion for a day than a sheep for all your life. And that sounds pretty fierce to me. That story was written and read by me, Josie Davies. I chose Elizabeth Kenny as my fierce girl because she was brave, persistent and loyal to the end. When she was on dangerous missions in the war, she never gave up. Elizabeth was very humble as she was passionate to save people with polio and was determined to find a way to help Australia. I learned about Elizabeth Kenny at my school where one of the houses is named after her. And that is why I chose this amazing woman as my Fierce Girl. Roll the credits. This episode of Fierce Girls was produced by Nat Tenchich, who is also my script editor. David LeMay is our sound engineer. Claire Rawlinson is our executive producer and Monique Bowley is the boss who makes sure we get to keep telling stories about Fierce Girls. While you're here, you should also check out Short and Curly on the ABC Listen app. Keep being fierce.